Hey, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Rushing Forward. All right, hey, um, welcome to episode three of the Rushing Forward podcast. Uh, today we have Wiza Jalakasi. Hey, Wiza. Hey, how's it going? All good, all good. So yeah, Wiza is an international business development expert specializing in the setup and operation <laughs> of high-performance technology startups across Africa. He's got like a breadth of experience spanning 10 years and about 16 African countries. He's founded and helped build tech startups across multiple verticals in like B2B and the B2C space and holds an honors degree in information system technology from the United States International University, Africa. Where's that, by the way? In Nairobi. I had no idea, you know? Yeah, it's fantastic. And yeah, okay, cool. I'll do some research about that. Mm. And um, currently, he is the head of business development strategy at Harvard Developer Services and also (laughs) serves as an investment scout um, for early stage for an early stage fund called Microtraction. The last one's pretty interesting. How did that come up? Um, I saw them tweet um, that they're looking for venture scouts and then I saw the application form and I was like, yeah, this is too big for me. I'm too small. I've never done this before. And then mm. a few friends of mine um, recommended, suggested really that I should uh, give it a shot. And I did. And yeah, here we are. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, that's big. I think you're like, you're really, you're just like low key on it. But I think that's really big, to be honest. I hope so. But we need to find some deals and those deals need to return capital. Then we can make money. Until then, uh, <laughs> there's nothing that's really concrete. True, true. Um, I totally agree. Like, I, I like that you mentioned uh, you thought it was like this is too big for me. Yeah. So like, I've I've been I've been like interviewing for a few companies and like imposter syndrome sinks in a lot to be honest. And I'm looking at these companies and like what they're doing and the technology they work with, mm. and then I'm like, this is just so much, and like I can't imagine myself doing that. Yeah. But then. I mean, I guess there's the hunger to not want to starve at some point. And I'm like, yo, if there's something to be learned, I have to learn it, right? Yeah. And going through the process and then that hunger, I guess, fuels your um, your like will and your fire to learn. And then at the end of it all, you're like, okay, I've done all this now. And I'm like, all this fueled me. And you look back and you're like, okay, there's like stuff that you like sometimes you just have to challenge yourself because that's where growth comes from yeah like you never need to like you never always have to go for stuff that you're comfortable with and i think that's something i've been learning how how do you approach that uh, i think in a similar way just like um try it at worst case scenario you fail um and even if you fail you learn two or three things so there's no there's no bad outcome um i think there's a jay-z lyric about this somewhere yeah, for even in please, defeat. Please yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says something like, for even in defeat is a valuable lesson learned, so it evens it up for me when the grass is cut, the snake is shut. Sorry, okay, I'm getting carried away. Oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. You know, and like, I, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think like a lot of people find Jay Z very inspirational. He's a philosopher. I think, yeah. He's a modern day philosopher. Do you agree with the notion that, like, Rappers these days are modern day philosophers. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. 
very much. Some of them, at least. Yeah, some of them. Not everyone. It's first square music. I don't really know. I don't understand. I can't hear the words. So. Yeah, but mumble it's very, rap. It's very entertaining. <laughs> how about the hell that? What? <laughs> Migos. I mean, you you can dance to it, but like it doesn't really add much value to like your your state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it does when you're dancing. So. <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay. Yeah. That's that's definitely true. Yeah. But like another tangent, like rap music. I've been getting a bit into like Denzel Curry and like the stories he's telling, and like I like that. I I at least like think that like rappers these days are like modern day philosophers at least yeah there's just something to how they put stuff across and make it relatable and and i think it just goes back to like what rap was about as a whole but anyway back to like imposter syndrome yeah. and um, um and like trying to level up so like i've learned something these past few months and that if something isn't challenging to me then it's not worth taking it because if I'm going to be comfortable doing something, then there's no point doing it because there'll be no growth. Mm-hmm. How do you approach growth? Um, I try to pursue it organically. So in I, I just try to put myself in positions where I won't actually be challenged. And yeah, that has worked out well for me so far because my the current thing that I'm doing at Hover is extremely challenging. Um, and do you think you're qualified for it when you started it? Not at all. <laughs> not even now but we're getting there so um yeah it doesn't seem to be so bad um it's just like a tricky time right now um you know we're, we're on the edge of a recession i think a global economic recession um you really do think so oh yeah it's quite clear the markets are... what, what signs do you see i mean i'm not as uh, financially savvy but the stock markets so you know um some key indices uh, for me it's the nasdaq that but like, is the strong indi- indicator, um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. These are indices that uh, are all suffering right now because of all this uncertainty because of COVID-19. Um, and I think the world has been waiting for a, a black swan or trigger trigger event um, that would actually kick off this recession because the boom has been going on for, for quite a while then. Yeah, you know, it's the natural economic cycle. So it feels like this is this is what actually triggers a recession. And it's going to be very difficult for very many businesses in the next few weeks, months, and years, possibly. And yeah, that's scary. <laughs> Honestly, it's like super frightening. But it is quite scary. Yeah. It's going to be super How scary. does that trickle down to like the basic person? Yeah, so it's like um, if these capital markets lose value, which they already are, like the, the New York Fed yesterday um, basically authorized a stimulus package um, into the trading system of $500 million a day for the next three days, including today. So they're actually like injecting money into the markets just to stop the bleeding. That's like $1.5 trillion over the course of three days. And like when these capital markets dry up or start to dry up, literally every other thing is, uh, is affected. Because if you trace... Where your money comes from, um, say you're running a business, then it's your customers. Okay, where do your customers get their money from? Sales or product? Okay, who are their customers? Etc. If you follow that like chain um, up enough enough times, you will eventually find that like a lot of the world's wealth is is stuck in 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 stocks, in commodities like oil and gold. You know, the price of oil has completely plummeted. It's now cheaper to buy. Um, it's not more expensive to actually buy the barrel that 
container that, that, that the oil would be housed in than an actual barrel of oil in quantity. So the physical barrel is costing more than a barrel full of oil. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, and yeah, so, so when, when these commodities are affected, um, all of the, the money that's generally available in the economy goes down. So people have to spend less because there's less demand. It's just, yeah, it's not fun. The good times, um, the good times may be temporarily over for a while. And, you know, the individual effects when you individual people vary greatly. There'll also be like a ton of opportunity for some entrepreneurs and some businesses. Like for example, right now, hand sanitizer is hot, super hot. If you're making hand sanitizer, you, you should be making money. Um, and any and soap. Yeah, I saw Soldier Boy is is like gaining, he's like getting like a bunch of profits because of his soap company. Mm. Things like those. So I mean, like ad- adversity always brings up the um, opportunity, I guess. Yeah, it does to some extent. But for most, for most of us, um, this will not be a fun time, and our businesses will be negatively affected to the, to the effect that we won't have access to as much money as we we previously used to have. Whether that's revenue or investment um, is is just a matter of function. But yeah, mm. I think it's not going to be fun. That's funny because I remember the last time we talked about something similar. Um, we, I think it was last year, 2019, and we we're talking about how this decade seems like it's going to be something really great for African founders because of all the funding we're getting. Do you think that will change? Or how might that be affected? I mean, how would we be affected? Um, I think we need to prepare for a scenario where there's a reduction for the first time, I think, in the last two or three years in, in, in venture funding um, for African startups. Uh, because the economic downturn means that, like, capital, buying capital in, um, you know, U.S. or European startups also becomes cheaper for some investors. So if their metrics, the performance metrics are better for those businesses, which um, they might, they, they likely might be for some, for most types of businesses because the markets are much bigger. For me as an investor, it makes my sense to put my money there because um, I will likely return it faster. So that means that's a lost, you know, opportunity cost for the potential African startup that would have been funded. But you know, as of right now, equity in a lot of these companies um, is still pretty expensive. But if a recession hits, equity becomes cheap, and then Africa is not as attractive anymore because we're still really small in terms of market size, um, smaller than Southeast Asia for most types of businesses. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the hot emerging market, Southeast Asia. Um, and Africa is still like super, super early. So yeah, well, <clears throat> apart from institutional investors and like impact investors, I don't think uh, traditional hardcore venture capitalists uh, would be looking to do many deals on the continent in the recession. That's interesting. I'm hoping, t- I'm like, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Uh-huh. And, and I mean, talking a bit more about Southeast Asia yeah. and COVID-19, there's this perception um, at the moment about how like the West has tackled everything and how the how Southeast Asia and just Asia in general and then people are using that to gauge how they think the decade will pan out for both sides. What, what, what do you think about that? I think we should pay attention to the East. Um, I think like you know China is really the world superpower right now. Um, the US is 
<laughs> I don't even know how to describe the US as right Do you now. think this this cements that statement, just like everything oh, going on and how everything was handled? Not at all. I mean, it's early. It's very early. We're like less than three months into this global crisis. And a lot of it is still not done. The worst is yet to come. Um, I think we're going to see... That's like, scary. <laughs> yeah. Can uh, it get worse than this? Yeah, it can. Um, when we start, like, um, I think diagnosing cases, the big thing right now for me, like, especially in Africa, is that I don't think cases are being diagnosed um, because of relatively low availability of testing. So it's likely mm-hmm. that, you know, infections are present and you know, perhaps even, like, um, rampant, but they're not being detected because we don't have the testing capabilities yet. The good news is that, like, you know, low-cost testing kits are being developed in a systematic time until they're shipped all over the world. And once we're able to diagnose, I think um, the real picture will come out. And, you know, ultimately, humanity will 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 survive and thrive from this. There will be casualties. There will be losses. But it's not the end of the world, I think. True. I definitely agree. Yeah. And, like, the low-cost tests are again another example of how there's definitely opportunity for different people and uh i mean it's it's a bit it's a bit morbid thinking about it going forward and how everything will pan out um but i definitely do agree with you on testing in africa i know for example zambia has said there's no cases but they have mentioned that there are a lot of people who are in quarantine Mm -hmm. and knowing how things work i'm not necessarily confident that everyone's getting the treatment they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's cases that just haven't been diagnosed. So, yeah. The way this I thing mean, spreads, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's quite part of the pun viral. <laughs> Definitely. Ish, okay. Um, how, how do you cope? I mean... How do you stay positive with everything else going on? I mean, are you just supposed to be worried? I mean, like, definitely don't panic. But I mean, it definitely has an effect on people's mental health and people's outlook on life. How, how are you coping? Yeah, uh, I'm an irrational optimist. I, I believe that things tend to just work out in the end. Um, I think that, like, challenges are part of life. And, yeah, I just, I just look at it from that angle. Like, okay, this is bad, but it will pass. Now, in the meantime, what must I do today to start coping with this effectively and like not let it um, kill all the dreams and things that I'm chasing? Because if it does get to that point, what's the point of anything? So uh, I just let it <clears throat> put it aside, essentially, just like, okay, this is happening. Um, it's not ideal. It's never ideal, but it is happening. And I can either complain about it or... Um, work towards solutions because either way it's still it's still staying it's not like it's not gonna go it's not gonna be like okay guys visa said this thing is not nice so like yeah let's cancel the crisis (laughs) no um it it reminds me of an article i read about like um millennials booking plane tickets like hey if corona is this bad then at least let's go you know experience it in a place where we'll have fun so and like flight tickets are really cheap at the moment, yep. except in Africa for some reason. Yeah, because we well, maybe I just have diagnosing cases. When, when, we start diagnosing, when we start diagnosing cases, I expect that like some countries will start shutting down their borders and travel will inevitably reduce. But that's, I mean, the if you look back at like the last decade, there was this whole nationalist agenda and everyone is just being so nationalist. 
and then this happens and people are starting to like close their borders and most people i guess will close their borders what do you think that looks like after this has passed what effects might that have on globalization i think if anything this crisis is going to make the world smaller because we actually have to put together our resources um, as a global community to effectively fight this. And you've already seen it happening. Like, you know, uh, yesterday I read in the news that like, the Chinese sent a, a plane with 91 tons and eight medical experts and 21 other people um, to Italy with, like, you know, plasma from uh, the, 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 the blood of patients who have recovered in China. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a global effort to, to beat this thing. And I actually think that the net effect will be better for globalization uh, more than anything else because the world the world is is forced to fight this thing together. Um, we might see like potentially changes in immigration policy, visa policy um, to facilitate like an economic recovery. So you know, um, there's a lot of good potentially good things for the world that could come out of this and. Uh, I choose to remain optimistic about that because of what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a much better way to look at it. The negative um, response would be quite uh, gloomy uh, given everything that's going yeah, on. But yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, to keep a smile on your face hearing all this news and also just expecting it. Um, it's, it's more of a question of when, uh, when it gets here. Mm. Rather, when it's discovered or when it's diagnosed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's it, it must be in most African countries already. Um, the world is. Because so I think small. I just heard about Kenya. Yep, I just read this morning that Kenya has diagnosed their first case, and yeah, I expect that there's going to be some serious border restrictions um, coming in over the next next few days in Kenya specifically. And how do you think this affects like trade? Obviously, money is going to be lost. So much money is already being lost, um, and yeah, but you know. People can't spend money if they're dead, so um, <laughs> true. It's like priorities, but I mean, in terms of like commodities and people having access to things, because I know here we we import so much mm. that shutting down our borders would suck us dry of a lot of what we're comfortable with. Yeah, but I think a lot of border shutdowns will be specific to people, not goods. So yeah. I still expect goods to to flow relatively freely. But I don't know. I'm not an expert on matter. Oof. I mean, like, 2020 has been... Ugh, 2020 has just been something. Yeah, it's like, we're not even <laughs> two, three, or three months in. It's like, whoop, it's me. <laughs> it's only March, yeah. and, uh, like, there's, like... Uh, I saw, like, a post about some physicists um, noticing stuff happening in the world with, like, a particle accelerator. Mm. And someone was just like, hey, physics, not now. We're dealing with COVID. <laughs> and, like... Can it get any worse? Because like I think like the worst thing that could happen right now is like maybe like aliens be aliens aliens like we find out aliens exist and and I don't know they take over and it's like some Avengers scene because I can't imagine things getting worse than this. <laughs> well, maybe they will come with some technology that will facilitate breakthroughs in medicine. Like, yeah. Humans, you are suffering with this um very petty disease, yeah. and we are here to you know add yeah. some. Add some alien sauce and heal you, but yeah. also colonize you. I think it would be good. I mean, everyone, I was talking to a friend and they're like, I think everyone's really just high on this, um, like an apocalypse fantasy. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because like when it's like the self-isolation and like the rumors of death as a 
millennial who likes to joke about death a lot it's um it's like a dream come true loki but <laughs> it's it's real so it's it's like ah, is this really happening yeah <laughs> i'm actually going to die because like i mean for me specifically just like coming out of college and you're like yeah okay life's going to be like the best now going to start something and then 2020 becomes what it is and you're just like what's the whole point <laughs> again i think it's just like it's early and um people just need to be a little bit more patient i think ultimately things will get better they will get worse before they get better but they will get better so it's not it doesn't it really doesn't feel like the end of the world if it is and I'm, I'm a bit disappointed i was expecting more special effects Uh. (laughs) (laughs) like what like a nuclear surprisingly North Korea is very quiet about this I'm really worried about what's going on no I mean they're they're really good at being isolationists so um, I'm pretty sure like it's business as usual and because very few people travel outside or into North Korea they can they can monitor everyone and manage it I think they're actually best equipped one of the best equipped countries in the world uh, to handle this coronavirus well that scares me because people look at it and say hey look at them and they don't have it maybe everyone should be like them (laughs) no but like you know look at them and what that costs you know like north korea is very (laughs) like isolated from the world and um i don't know maybe life i I don't have any first-hand information about what life is like inside the country but it doesn't seem as uh, as pleasant as one might think being completely isolated unable to enjoy certain civil liberties that you might take for granted in Africa and the West. Yeah, true. That uh, isolation hits different when it's not self-imposed. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <It's just> like... <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Anyways, I mean, I I'm, I don't like how this has just become like low-key morbid and just talking about like COVID and anyway, I like just I, hopefully we can end this COVID portion of the podcast by like asking people to be hygienic as possible yeah, and your wash their hands and don't touch your face. Yeah. And I don't know, do you have any um, un, unprofessional or not necessarily unprofessional, but advice, medical advice, even though you aren't no. necessarily a medical prof- not at all. <laughs> person? I would say, like, listen to the experts. It's like, pay attention to the experts. Be careful what you share on social media. Like, you know, don't don't share on confirmed things. Don't yeah, definitely. It. Yeah, and then, yeah. Wash your hands with soap for twenty seconds. <laughs> but is the twenty second thing like a hard rule? Is it like a five second full rule? It's like when you drop food. It's a it's a suggestion, like a guideline. Uh, but like the idea is for you to wash your hands long enough for for you to actually kill everything that's harmful. You know, surgeon style, all the way up to almost like halfway between. Um, your wrist and, and your elbow, like that type of hand washing, serious stuff. But I think like the call for hand washing has really exposed how people don't care about their personal hygiene. It's oh, yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good thing. We have a generation of people that you know take hand washing very seriously. Yeah, because like I mean, every day in my interactions, you always hand like hand like shaking people's hands, high fiving, and you have no idea. What's going on in like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit creepy and scary thinking about it now. Yeah, but hey, yeah, like you said, a whole generation of people will get that hand washing culture, and that's always good. Yeah, make it a really good habit. Yeah. So, what are you up to these days? Um, specifically, um, not necessarily 
work-wise, but where are you at um, mentally and uh, professionally? What are you aiming towards? What's going on in your life? Yeah, just, you know, um, I'm currently in South Africa. I think I'm going to be here for the next few weeks, just um, chasing some business deals with specific organizations in, in the banking and telco industry. And yeah, just dream chasing. I need to hit some metrics so that um, <clears throat> the startup can survive. Um, so I have a lot of people counting on me to get um, my, my portion of the job done. And I've just kind of like dedicated um, all of my my energy towards that, um, hoping to see some positive results soon. And yeah, you know, dream chasing, dream chasing. So that's what I can call it. There's not really any room for, for much else in my head. Occasionally sightseeing, chasing a few other personal dreams as well. So, mm. yeah. But I mean, how do you... Oh, that's that's always good to hear. I'm happy to hear that. How how do you avoid burnout? It sounds like you do a lot of work. Um, video games. So I carry a gaming laptop. Um, mm. Yeah, and I, I make sure that I'm pretty explicit about like my weekends. So um, after, Weekends are off? Yeah, it's like completely off. Like It's taken a while. Nice. And, and, and like some discipline to turn off notifications for email, for Slack, for all those things. But like, it's the only way that you can actually disconnect. So I'm pretty like intentional about that. Um, when, when I'm off, I'm really off. And when I'm on, I'm really on. So that is like what some degree of balance. You, know? you don't have to like kill yourself <laughs> to build a startup. I think it's like a fallacy that um, Silicon Valley media especially loves to promote. Um, like you need to work, work because they hours. benefit the most from it, I guess, sucking every hour out of people. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really toxic culture, and um, I used to be I used to subscribe to it. Uh, now I'm just like, yeah, no. <laughs> like life is actually not that serious. Um, you need to enjoy, you need to see things, you need to be more than um, startup guy. La 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 la. So life doesn't start and end at tech thing. I agree, but I have like uh, like a bone of contention with that because, mm-hmm. like, I'm. Do you think you're saying that from like a place of privilege? If you didn't work as hard as you did, like, being part of that culture and getting yourself to where you are now, do you think you'd be able to say that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I am speaking from a position of privilege. Thank you for checking me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's something I think about all the time because I mean, I. I do agree that there's a lot of work that needs to be put in for actual success to come out, mm. but there's also like the balance. Mm. But how do you make that? Yeah, that's tricky. That's tricky, and I, I wish I had a more refined answer for you, but I, I simply do not. Uh, I just think people shouldn't like <clears throat> people shouldn't ignore their health and emotional well-being for the sake of like, yeah, I need to make this thing work. And, Mm. That's all I'm advocating for. Listen, be reasonable about this. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. So the no, amen to that. Amen. Yeah, you you actually want to yeah, take but, the time to to take care of you. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into culture, that's something I really like to talk about. I want to ask you about what games you play on your gaming laptop. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm currently enjoying The Witcher Three. I think it's one of the best RPG games ever made. Um, storytelling is nuts and like just the, the diversity in characters, places, things to do and see is quite 
interesting. Um, the last time I played a game that was like good an RPG, I think that was Fallout 4. Changed my life. <laughs> uh, oh, I haven't played Fallout actually. Uh, so it's a life People are saying game. good things about it. it it's, a, it's a life-changing game. I don't use those words lightly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also playing Hitman 2. Let me check it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing Hitman 2. Um, I like the the the, the puzzle element of it because there's a lot of like thinking if you want to uh, get away with a clean hit and I'm also playing Ace Combat 7 which I play religiously despite finishing it several times um, it's what is that? Good. I've never heard of it um, it's an arcade style combat flight simulator so it's blowing things up from really fast planes in really exotic locations yeah I really love planes huh? yeah it's my first love <laughs> I'm I I I used to play I used to game quite a lot, but like you mentioned with Hitman, like it takes like a lot of concentration, and for me a lot of my work involves a lot of concentration. So when I'm recovering and I'm trying to you know zone out, I really just want to play something stupid and mm. just take my mind off things. So yeah. people will hate me for this, and like real gamers always like give me that sign of like that sound of disapproval when I mention that like I play Fortnite quite a lot <laughs> it's okay because it's, okay. it's just a stupid game <laughs> i guess everyone has their their, their poison right so i mean i play <laughs> for me it's combat is mostly it's 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 not mindless but like i'm i've gotten so good at the game that i just i don't need to pay attention to a few things <laughs> mm. yeah so i get you i don't think there's any harm in that yeah that's great though gaming go for gaming i'm big on that but i mean i'm not really deep into it it's just a really good way to recover yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it, it works. That's my Netflix. Yeah, I have a problem with uh, Netflix. But yeah, like you said, if it works for you, it works for you. What's your problem with Netflix? I have a problem with with most television and series. And there's it's it's all very repetitive and it's very predictable and it's not entertaining at all. Very rarely am I surprised. I hate something that... I like I watch and I'm like in my head I'm like this is going to happen and then it happens and I'm like yep <laughs> yeah maybe you just need to find the right shows yeah maybe I do so like if I do watch Netflix it has to be again mindless like if I know I'm expecting like don't say you are this like world changing movie and then be as predictable as heck and then so like I just watch like stupid comedy like The Office or mm. or Girls there's this new one called Girls Code I think good girls that's it's 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 got potential well, well, what shows would you recommend i don't know i don't watch netflix much either but i've watched some interesting things that i thought were pretty um mindful intelligent and all the time um and yeah you know everyone has a preference though, so true i'm i'm tempted to ask if you've seen parasite yes i don't want to I, seem I like, like the I, I i think it was really it deserves the accolades um mm. yeah i thoroughly enjoyed that movie uh, yeah I also liked Is there anything you could... Uh-huh. Yeah. What's, I haven't seen I, I'll, I'll write those down. Like anxiety-inducing movie. I heard Invisible Man is, is the same, but I have something against things like that. Again, superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Invisible Man. This is my first time yeah. mm, I just saw the trailer when I was scrolling through YouTube. But yeah. anyway, like... I want to talk a bit about culture and like you mentioned how that culture portrayed by Silicon Valley, the whole work, work, work and make that like be all you're about. And then thinking about Africa and where we are mm-hmm. and how we need to move forward. 
And I think it starts with defining our own culture. I think a lot of Asian countries have done that. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you, what's your perspective on us defining our culture and moving forward with that? Uh, I think I think African countries share a lot of common elements of culture, like the sense of Ubuntu, family, um, collectivism more than individualism. I think those things are like, uh, they're actually worth more than we, we pay attention to. And my only, I think, worry is that as we work towards being more industrialized and more globally progressive, we might uh, start to pay less attention to that. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think each country is making its steps towards changing their culture to be more globally uh, relevant. And uh, we just keep doing what we're doing, but not lose sight of where we're coming from. I agree. I don't think we should change culture. Like We should help it evolve, I guess, to fit where we are and where we want to go. Yeah. So I only worry, like, you know, a lot of Western countries, in my view, are very individualistic. And you see it even when you're interacting with their people. I hope we don't. And why do you think that's a bad thing? Uh, yeah, they look sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's my honest answer. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't look happy. You're, you have everything, but you're alone. So it doesn't seem like a very happy life. But it's again a preference thing. Maybe it's just me. I'm the one who's overly sentimental, or yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be. I, I always look at myself as a very individualistic person, mm. um, despite my African uh, that the African culture being embedded in me. I think there's sort of a balance mm. where I I know when it's time for me and when it's time for everyone. Mm. So I, I don't know. The culture is, it's very interesting mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, if we look back at where we came from and the, the scars of colonialization and for many countries, the scars of dictatorship and so much that we need to think about changing how we uh, picture and go into the world and put ourselves in this global um, village, if yeah. I can call it that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, why don't we see more African countries on the happy? Is this happy happiest countries index something? Mm, I think it's probably biased. Yeah, the metrics are different. What 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 would you rather use to gauge happiness? Because I mean, you mentioned certain people look sad. <laughs> what would you use to balance it out? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's a choice at the end of the day, and. Being content, like it's like okay, this 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 is enough for me. This is okay, um, and yeah, people need to do the the mental work to get to that place where you're content. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a a, a macro answer for that. I think it's I only understand it from a very micro individual perspective. True, I I think these things are quite personal. Uh, it's it's all about thinking about it and being intentional with how you approach a lot of your interactions and your relationships. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, at least I think about it as fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. Those, those things come are, you, are, are those sniffles? Um, yeah, but not like corona sniffles. <laughs> Just like reacting to <laughs> an, an industrial cleaner. I hope you're self-isolating. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, my Twitter. You know, if, if any of this sounds interesting, or you want to connect, or like discuss this stuff, I, I like talking to people, and I respond to everyone on Twitter. Who is not impolite? Mm. So just tweet me at wizard j, um, wizard w i z a j the letter j. Super easy. Awesome. Thank you, Wiza. Thank Tweet you for Wiza and me. be polite. Yes. Okay. Simple light on how this one. All right, man. Uh, take care. Have a great day. Okay. Awesome. And thanks for this again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rushing Forward. Send us your comments and suggestions at Malgamves, M A L G A M V E S, or Codecast ZM.